I'm Sin. And I'm Cassandra. And this is Things That Go Bump, a podcast about the things that scare us. Today, we're going to be alternating between more heavily researched episodes about larger topics and then doing mini-sodes on things that don't warrant a whole episode every other week. So this is week two, therefore it is a mini-episode. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and would you like to say what we are uh, talking about today? Yeah, so I'm going to be doing an episode on a specific phobia that's pretty apt for this month. It's spooky, it's October. First, I wanted to get into phobias in general as a concept, because I feel like a lot of people really don't understand them as a concept and are just like, I'm scared of anything. It's a phobia, which feels wrong and is wrong. So I have the DSM definition of a specific phobia. If you don't know what the DSM is, it's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which basically is like the big book of diagnoses that we use in America. Everywhere else uses the ICD, as is America with everything. We need to have our own. That's just us in a nutshell. But the DSM definition of specific phobia is, one, marked fear or anxiety about a specific object or situation. Two, the phobia, object, or situation almost always provokes fear or anxiety. That's important. Almost always. Three, the phobia, object, or situation is actively avoided or endured with intense fear or anxiety. Four, it is out of proportion to the actual danger posed by the object slash situation. That's also very important. Out of proportion. Last longer than six months, clinical, clinically significant impairment in functioning. Those are like less interesting. It also, I think it were, is worth noting that when it comes to DSM definitions of things, a lot of the time it's like you need like X amount of these right, signifiers right, right. to be. To yeah, it's like five out of these nine right. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so the DSM says apparently the average person with the diagnosis of specific phobia fears three objects or situations, and 75% of people with specific phobia fear more than one object situation mm-hmm. to the point of it being a phobia, which I think is interesting. Yeah. The ICD definition says poses little or no actual danger, which doesn't seem right to me. Like people with a phobia of snakes are like actually definitely endangered by venomous snakes for sure. But it's the disproportionate response to the level of danger that I think is important. Yeah, like a lot of people with snake-linked phobias see a picture of a snake and have a panic attack or something. Right, like exactly. That, you know? But that, like, snakes yeah. do pose yeah. an actual yeah. danger sometimes. But like a picture Some of a snake does sometimes. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I think like a phobia can be of something that's pretty rational to be afraid of, like yeah. snakes, spiders, falling, whatever. But the like central criteria is the disproportionate response and the level of irrationality that happens within that. And I feel like the ICD's definition makes that, I don't know. Yeah, downplays it off. a bit. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, fun stats that I think are interesting about people with phobias, and other people might not find them interesting, but I'm going to say them anyway because it's my <laughs> podcast. The National Institute of Health says that 9% of people have had a specific phobia in the last year, and 12% of adults have had specific phobia in their lifetime. Women are over two times as likely to have them. And I wasn't really able to figure out in like an actual scientific way why that is. I can conjecture, obviously, but yeah. And I couldn't find any actual credible medical journals confirming the most common phobia. Everyone always says that it's public speaking. That's like, everybody's like always like people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of death, which I don't think is true. I, that but that wrong. seems to be, <laughs> but that seems to be unsubstantiated by any actual medical journals. I did find one study. 
that was done by, that I found on the NIH website at least, that said the highest category is situational phobias, which are things like the dark, heights, claustrophobia, not like an object or, yeah. But like you have to take studies, like one study with a lot of grains of salt. Like this yeah. specific study was Swedish people who decided to respond to a call for participants and like all and probably of like other... <laughs> in a university or something like that. Right, right like exactly. It's, yeah, it's like such a small population. But yeah, so the phobia that we're going to talk about today aligns with the like Halloween Octoberiness and also the second part of the movie that just came out. We're talking about clowns. Yep. Phobia of clowns is called colrophobia, C-O-U-L-R-O, phobia. And it's like one of those things that is so common, but it's weird and like kind of difficult to fit. Like when someone's terrified of spiders, it makes sense. Spiders, a yeah. lot of the time, are very deadly and can kill you very quickly. Clowns, yeah. not so much. Clowns are people, so like it's it should be the same level of fear as any other person in theory. And generally, clowns are only doing happy things. There's a process going on here that is worth taking into consideration, I think, where there are kind of two spheres at play that are kind of like interacting with each other, which is people being afraid of clowns and then media that is yeah. exacerbating that, you know, right, and right, like, right, right. you know, scary clown stories kind of fall into that like edgelord thing of like, right. we're going to take something that should be nice and make it scary, yeah. you know? But there is something interesting about like that when it is just a person that is being afraid of this thing like the i keep on coming back to like freud's idea of the uncanny the sense of something familiar that is also wrong right like, right it's this weird place that where like the overwhelming majority of clowns throughout history have not been scary bad people media really does play that up a lot especially in like more recent years but like for the most part for as long as clowns have existed and clowns are kind of a a more modern version of just like court jesters which were a thing like in when when there were courts all of those years but yeah it's it's weird to like i don't i've i've always found it very strange that people are afraid of clowns and i never really understood why at like a personal level but here's some science mm -hmm. so children especially like newborn infants they learn the faces of their caretakers and make schemas about what a face looks like because that's all that babies have to do is look around and organize things in their head and learn about the yep. world. So they have this schema existing of all of the people they've seen and how faces are supposed to look. Then if a clown comes in, clowns have really exaggerated features, a permanent smile, really, really bright colors or like high contrast, like the white skin with the bright red lip situation. It's hard to fit that into an existing schema and things that don't fit into our existing schemas make us uncomfortable yeah. as a people, as a species. Yeah. And like oftentimes we, when we have a schema built and we're presented with new information, we try to accommodate that into the schema that already exists. But if we can't, right. then it, it right. creates a bunch of cognitive dissonance. Right. It's much easier to fit something into an existing schema than to make an yeah, entirely definitely. new schema. Especially when you're a baby and you only yeah. have like three <laughs> things in your life so far. <laughs> yeah. Also, people smiling in inappropriate situations is super unsettling to humans. Yeah. The like recent Joker movie just played on that. Him like bursting out into laughter in absolutely not funny situations makes people deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. My theory of why that is is because that symptom is really commonly associated with psychotic disorders. 
inappropriate affect is a diagnostic criteria for some psychotic disorders and this like just inappropriate response to situations and also some of it comes down to like social conditioning too right we all know that we shouldn't laugh at funerals and then when someone does it's like right. oh that's kind of a social taboo right so yeah uncanny valley basically is this concept if people don't know that describes this unsettling feeling we get when something is humanoid but not quite human it's like just off and it gives us this deep uncomfortable feeling so like we're not afraid of like if you slap googly eyes onto a wall that's not gonna make you have that uncomfortable feeling because it doesn't really resemble a human very much but things like those ai robots like sophia those types of things are so close to human that our brain at, at first instinct can mistakenly register it as human but it's just off enough to yeah, give because us because like humans are really good at like realizing when something is wrong in a face when something is meant to right. look yeah. like a human we're good at figuring out when it doesn't exactly. Humans are primed to like see faces yeah. in anything. There's so many things online of like two dots and a curve literally yeah. anywhere. <laughs> and people are like, it's a face. Um, yeah, like the, that concept specifically first came out of robotics. Masahiro Mori was the first person to like discuss it in detail and write about it. And it has its limitations. I don't think it's the best lens to like look at all versions of the uncanny through. But right. like it is a, again... All kind of terms are flawed, but some of them are useful. This one's useful for like discussing that specifically, right? Right. right. Clowns play into yeah. this uncanny valley with the like yeah. really exaggerated features. Having a permanent smile, even if something bad happens, they still look like they have a smile on because of the way that the makeup is drawn. Bright colors that human skin doesn't come in. Human skin doesn't have blue on it ever. Doesn't have like that that level of red on it. Doesn't have white like stark white clown white skin. That doesn't happen. Yeah but we can still kind of recognize it as human underneath. And that is creepy. It's also like, you know, this is just like a, a kind of tangent, I guess, but like blue pigment doesn't really exist in nature also. Yeah. Even the things that we call blue, like blueberries, they're used to make yeah. purple pigment. And, or like, you know, <laughs> blue is rare like in nature. butterflies use uh, like optical coloration right. as opposed to pigmentary. Right, right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So another reason why clowns might be so scary to people kind of plays on a different phobia. So this specific phobia is in its own category in the DSM. DSM has a million categories for everything, but within the anxiety disorders comes phobias. But there's two types. There's social phobia and specific phobia. Basically, social phobia and literally any other type of phobia. Social phobia is one of the most common phobias of all people anybody who has social anxiety can get a little bit about social phobia when it gets to that really irrational level that it becomes a phobia but because that's a super common fear the entire thing with social phobia is predicated on being afraid of being judged or mocked or whatever which is exactly the purpose mm -hmm. of a clown to mock the audience <laughs> and like people's real deep-seated fear so many people have that fear of being mocked or made fun of in a public setting with people around and everybody laughing at them and that uh, doesn't really bother yeah. me but <laughs> i hear it's common and it makes sense that a clown whose entire purpose is to make everybody laugh at a silly thing and sometimes that silly thing is an audience member yeah yeah i can get why that would freak people out yeah there there's also like something in people having fears around offsetting their own social anxiety onto someone else you know like that there's kind of like a vicarious 
anxiety that some people feel if like someone is doing something dumb and they're like oh no i can't watch that you know oh right right yeah like cringe humor it's like it's not something that's in the dsm because it's not like terribly common in america right yeah secondhand embarrassment yeah People always say that about the best show ever created, yeah. The Office. Yeah. Because <laughs> people are like, oh, it's just so like uncomfortable. Why would I find that funny? Yeah. And I think it's hilarious. But yeah, and a lot of the times, even if the clown is only making fun of themselves, it's still in a way that can upset certain people. Like it's making them the butt of the joke, usually by them being clumsy, them being unintelligent. Yeah casually a little bit of yeah. ableism yeah. in there <laughs> which i hadn't really thought about until i like was doing yeah. research for this yeah but also individual differences to like how you're exposed to clowns factor in so like this is the case with anything kind of going back to being a baby if the first way you were exposed to a clown was like with trusted family at like a fair where everyone, like, all of the cues indicate that this clown is a fun thing. Your family's laughing. It's fun. Then you're going to be like, oh, this is a fun thing. Okay. Uh, you're not going to interpret them as scary. But if the first time you see a clown is, like, you run into your parents' room late at night to stay in their bed and they're watching it, you're not going to have a great reaction. Yeah. And apparently there is some evidence that clown phobia has increased substantially after it came out in 1990. It wasn't that as like anywhere near as common of a phobia until we started entering scary clowns yes. into media. And now there are a million. Now there's the Joker. There's, I mean, yeah. the Joker's been yeah. around for decades and decades. For a lot of that time, it was just the people reading comic books, not just like yeah. flipping through TV. There's Twisty for American Horror Story. There is a real life scary clown, John Wayne Gacy, who very much killed a bunch of little kids and was yeah. also a birthday clown. <laughs> like that is a real thing that happened. I don't, believe he was ever killing anybody as a clown he just happened to also on the side yeah. be a which clown. like that juxtaposition juxtaposition still is uh is rough to you know reconcile in your head <laughs> yeah i want to find i think it was like yeah pogo he's yeah. pogo the clown and yeah well, i uh, clowns always have such yeah. stupid names like that <laughs> but yeah like i it's valid that that there is exactly one example of a real life scary clown and then, like, a couple years ago, weren't there clowns yeah, running around yeah. all over the place with knives? Wasn't that, yeah. like, a meme? <laughs> um, My friends were that so was strange. into that. I, like, I always wonder, who's doing that? What people are like, you know what I'm going to do today? And now we have, like, the ICP yeah. and Juggalos and stuff like that as an institution. Oh, which is, yeah. like, again, taking that sort of, like, edgelord, I'm going to take right. something that is supposed right. to be benign and make it scary and and realize yeah. it in, in a specific sort of way yeah i don't know that i've ever actually listened to it's bad they're all song, bad <laughs> but i but yeah that's about all i have on chlorophobia cool. do you have a spooky thing that Always. happened to you i okay let's see uh i watched a dumb movie that i loved as above so below it is a premise that is like laser guided to my sensibilities Basically, the this archaeologist is trying to find a key to unlocking the Philosopher's Stone, and it leads her and her team to the French catacombs. So it's a lot of, like, running around in tunnels and some good, like, tunnel horror, plus, like, some good, like, non-Euclidean memory space right. bullshit. Because, like, there's this, this uh, trope that I love in horror that I've dubbed, uh, quote, infinite basements, 
where like you're at the furthest down that you can possibly be in a situation and then you notice a door that goes further down you know <laughs> it's like one of my favorite things yeah um so is it like national treasure but spooky? like national treasure but spooky and then they accidentally tunnel their way into hell basically <laughs> and it's like really okay. excellent like it, the scene that got me was like they were running in a straight line and then found that they had actually looped back around and they were like freaking out because that is geometrically impossible and like geometric spatial horror is like one of my right. favorite things so i was like okay fuck it i'm in <laughs> yeah all of those words sound yeah. very you to yeah. me <laughs> anyways <laughs> what is your spooky thing yeah my spooky thing is, i don't know if spooky is the right word but i went to um a shabbos dinner on friday and at some point the conversation became an entire like group. There were like maybe 10 and over 10 people there. And at one point we all started talking about which creatures we all as queer people identified with as kids. Cause that's just like the topic of Obviously, queer people. Yeah. We all have like weird non-human creatures that we obsess over as kids and then grow into looking like and becoming. <laughs> and it was really, it was interesting to hear other people. It's like vampires or mermaids. Things. Yeah. But no, some people like one, one woman said ogres. And I was like, Ooh, that's a yeah. new one. I haven't yeah. heard. Yeah. Mine, literally anybody who knows me knows that I'm a mer person. Yeah. And I've been into that shit. Yeah. Forever. Like I've, Krakens are mine, probably. Yeah. We're both like underwater yeah. types. But like, yeah, like because that is kind of not uh, sexy necessarily, uh, I, I often depict my, myself my, in my brain idea of as... a mermaid in my head isn't sexy. Yeah. Well, like. Like, I don't think of, I don't think of like Ariel mermaid when I think no, of No, no. I, I, think I don't of, mean like, sexy more like. People. <laughs> like, Krakens are very lumpy, you know? Yeah, like, I, I usually think of, of, like, basically, like, an Ursula or something like that. Like, there, there has to be a name for, for yeah. that sort of critter, but, like, a, a an octopus centaur. Like a, a, a squid maid? Yeah. A, a mer-squid? Exactly, yeah. Know. Yeah, when I think about, like, if I were to assign any living creature to you, I would say squid. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, what I think when I think yes. of you. Yes. Specifically, Teningia Danai is my squid of choice. They're spooky. Look at I don't up. know that I have a specific fish that I identify with more than others. I just know that I am part fish. But I'm cool with any. I'm very into like people who draw mermaids as like not just like the typical fish type thing. Draw them as like, you know, squid mermaids or whatever. I like I like Maybe like a thresher shark or something like that. Yeah. I've seen basically every possible sea creature drawn as a mermaid yeah. at this point. Yeah. And I love it. Love it. All so right. if so yeah, that's the clown yeah. episode. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. You can email us at things that go bump podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at TTGB underscore podcast or follow us on Instagram at things that go bump podcast. Cover art is by Anna Lanson. Her Instagram is electric underscore underscore Anna. Our music is from Incompetech. It's called Yay. Bump in the Night, so we had to use it. Perfect. <laughs> Cool. All right. Thanks, folks. Stay spooky, everyone. Stay spooky.